Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio, 103.1 FM, 910, 980 AM, or anywhere on the Odyssey app. Lots to talk about today, but one of the things we talked about is the secret meeting that took place in Penn State to uh, possibly name the field after former coach Joe Paterno uh, and what people's thoughts were about it. Charlie's been waiting for a while, so let me get Charlie from Wilkesbury on the phone from on Joe Paterno. Charlie. Yes, Rob. Um, boy, I wish that Franco was still alive. Man, uh, he, he, I would love to hear him uh, make his position known if you were still alive on on this issue man oh man if, of all the people that i remember coach really making a heck of an impact on was franco harris yeah gosh i mean he came when when he uh coach never let any but any freshman play that was his one of his standard rules aside from reading poetry to us uh but uh, it, it's just uh I think what they ought to do is uh, have a vote from all the folks that played for Coach and let us decide, certainly not the Board of Trustees. I mean, I don't know if you know the story about how Paterno got fired. Yeah, I I am familiar with it. Uh, Are you familiar with Corbett ordering the president of Merck and Danville to uh, fire him. Yeah, but as far as the whole thing about it, I, and I understand the reverence for Joe Paterno and such like that, but with everything that happened, and I understand he was cleared of a lot of things, he was actually clear of most things, but he was still the person in charge. Uh, after everything that was done, to turn around now and have a secret meeting to name the field after him, do you think that was in poor taste, or...? Uh, having worked for management engineering and the five of us ran the university day-to-day operations, uh, that's commonplace at Penn State. All right. Well, and and that that always happens. And uh, heck, it, it started back in the in the late '60s. We had a uh, a chief lawyer for the athletic department who was. Uh, I mean, why not name the field after Franco Harris? I mean, that would be a perfect, you know, there's, I just think there's so many more that aren't controversial that they could, they, that they've could have brought up for this and had a more public involvement in it. Yeah. The trustees at Penn state have always operated like that. And, uh, sometime, uh, I'll explain to the folks what happened to make the stadium go from 55,000 to 101 and, and oh, by the way, phase six is yet to be done, and that uh, that means bringing the stadium up to a capacity of 120k. And the main and only reason why we wanted to go that high is so that we could be a bigger stadium than the University of Michigan's. Uh, well, I'll have you on the phone since you seem so knowledgeable. I have an article here from 2022 that says that the. The statue has been the statue that was removed. The Joe Paterno statue has been moved to an unnamed, secure location. Do you happen to know where that statue is now? No, no, I don't, and uh, very few people do. And uh, yeah, I guess there was a I Senate know. Bill 20, 1283 to have the had to have the university tell the people of Pennsylvania where the statue is because it has since been moved to an unnamed, secure location that the the university itself will not disclose. Yeah. That's right. It's been there for decades. So that's how secretive and, and political 
the board of trustees has always been. Oh, interesting. Interesting. And uh, in this whole thing about Scumdusky, uh, that 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 wouldn't have happened had one of our incoming presidents not changed the whole organization structure of Penn State. Yeah. And uh, well, it was definitely know. a taint on a great university. And again, <laughs> th- there are so many hundreds of thousands of, of graduates that that university has turned out that that I, I think would would be a great asset, and not controversial. And, and you just named Franco Harris, you know, being one of them. Lieutenant Mike Murphy, a Navy SEAL who gave his life for our nation. Another. Well, I mean, there's this there's, there's hundreds. Um, I have I've interviewed probably a thousand managers, plant managers, etc. And my best hire. Believe it or not, everybody's going to say, CJ, you're an idiot. But the deal is, I hired Gary Schultz, my best hire ever. Mm-hmm. And he got set up. All right. Well, Charlie, I appreciate you checking in and giving us your, your opinion and, and your, your insight on what's going I, on. I, let, you know, let, let the former players decide. I think it's got to be bigger than that. I understand. Believe me, you know, I, I get the, the football atmosphere, I get the team atmosphere, but that, that field just not, does not just belong to the players. It belongs to Penn State. So I think it needs to be bigger than just the players. I think they absolutely deserve uh, needed input. Uh, and like you said, trustees having a, um, you know, let's test the water secret meeting behind closed doors probably really wasn't the way to go because I think it just taints the whole thing from the start. And the sad part, Rob, is the person who was uh, nominated to give Joe the message was a trustee from, I think he lived in Lackawanna County. He was a farmer. Okay. Yeah. Have a great one. Thank you, Charlie. Thank you. Uh, let's go. We have uh, Bill from Wilkesbury on Paterno. Bill. Hi. Thanks for taking my call. I agree with you that uh, they perhaps should not be meeting in secret. Incidentally, when they fired Paterno, they had a meeting whose legitimacy was questionable for the same reason. However, I believe they do need to rename that field for Paterno and put back the statue. I'm very familiar with the circumstances of Paterno's dismissal. The trustees in March of 2012 issued a statement that they decided unanimously that Paterno's uh, failure of leadership required his dismissal. Well, according to the university policy and anybody who has taken the course in uh, sexual abuse reporting on the campus says, knows you don't take leadership. You report it to the designated person, and then you keep your hands off it, which is exactly what Paterno did. Afterwards, when some of these trustees, two of them, uh, Kenneth Frazier at Merck, and I believe the head of the board, uh, that two of the trustees had to testify under oath, they said, Paterno was not fired for anything he did or did not do. He was fired essentially for public relations reasons. So that's two conflicting stories. So the entire board is constituted in March 2012 is on record as lying to and on behalf of the organization to which they owed a fiduciary duty about the circumstances of Joe Paterno's dismissal. And I know the U.S. Military Academy, you know, that's one strike and you're out, uh, lying uh, about something like that, one strike and you're out. And these I will not lie, cheat, or steal. 
or tolerate those who do. Very good. Very good. So I think they need to make that right at this point. It should have been made right uh, 12 years ago, but I think they need to make it right now. Certainly Michael Murphy also should be recognized, maybe not by having the football field named after him, but uh, certainly he also should be recognized, no question about that. Well, and I'm just throwing names out there. Again, I'm not a Penn State alumni. I'm not that familiar with the history of it. I, like I said, there, there's there's probably hundreds, if not thousands, of uh, you know, out of the hundreds of thousands of alumni that they do have that have done great things for our our, our nation, uh, who could who could be thought there, uh, you know. But you know, that's just uh, that's why we talk talk about these things. That's why we discuss it. Okay. Thank you. Have Th- a great weekend. Thank you, Bill. You as well. Um, let me get one more in before we go to break. I got a uh, Mike from Bloomsburg on Paterno. Mike. Yeah. You know, uh, I think basically what the caller before me was saying was, and this is my personal opinion that the, uh, the management up there thought that when this all surfaced, they could throw Joe Paterno under the bus and that would just, you know, shut it all down and that would be enough. But evidently they were wrong that, that it didn't shut it down. And, uh, you know, again, like that, one of the callers uh, had a very inside information about Joe Paterno and, and how he handled things up there. And uh, every player that I've ever talked to uh, from back in that time zone, not necessarily at the end because I really never talked to any of them, they all they all loved him. They said he was hard, he was fair, he was tough, and probably no different than a lot of other big-time college football uh, people. And I, and I just feel it was an injustice that they threw him in my opinion, they threw Paterno under the bus, you know, under the guys that this will just cover it all up and it'll go away when it didn't. Yeah, so that that's how I feel. There's a bad taste in my mouth about the way they handled it. And uh, I will, I mean, even though I have season tickets and I go there, continue to go there, that that just it never, never, never sat right with me that, that that was what I believe happened. Well, two things that I took from the whole thing, looking at again, looking at it from the outside, is this proved nothing more than universities are nothing more than a business. That's the way it's handled. That's the way it's looked at from them. It's all looked with dollars and cents. And second of all, I don't think uh, you know being being the head of something, you you do take the fall for a lot of things that happen believe but beneath you. That's just extreme ownership. That just goes with the territory. I think that wasn't widespread enough as far as trustees, as far as ownerships, as far as everything else uh, that went there. You know, th- there were a few. Uh, but we're, I don't think it went far enough as far as, as that, that taking the, the top down as far as making an example, if that's what they were trying to do to begin with. Well, no, I, I agree with you. I, I just thought my, if they cut the head of the snake off, so to speak, then everything would be be fine. But obviously, yeah, he was obviously the, he was obviously the figurehead that they wanted and thought it would be the sacrificial lamb, no doubt. But, you know, I think it would have went further. Uh, it should have went further as that. Again, and the last thing I'll say is it Paterno's age and, and where he came from, and maybe I'm being naive, but I honestly think that the idea that a grown man would do that to a little kid or little kids was kind of like foreign to his thought pattern. You know what I mean? And like, just here, I'll tell the people, and it's off my plate. They'll take care of it, and I'm going to do what I paid to do and coach football and get winning teams. No, I, I appreciate your view, Mike. Thanks for checking in. Thank you. You're welcome. Take care. Thank Bye. you. 
It's uh, 422 here at WIOK. Time for traffic and weather. It's a mess out there, Rob. A mess. Oh, yes. We have an accident that happened on 81 southbound just after the Pittston exit. Things are backed up to music on 81 southbound. Hey, get the 12-pack. We're not going anywhere. We're going to stay here for a while. Well, you're fine going northbound on 81. You're fine. All right. Scratch the 12-pack. Make it a six-pack. There's a little bit of slowing 81 northbound just before the Pittston exit. You have the rubberneckers out there that are looking to see what happened, but um, other than that, from Pittston to Scranton, we're not seeing any problems in either direction. It's right after the music exit coming 81 southbound. You can expect to come to a stop as they clear up that accident scene. 315 in Plains is bumper to bumper. North Main Avenue and Taylor has a lot of traffic. Jefferson Avenue Scranton is pretty um, backed up as well this afternoon. And Business Route 309 in Wilkesbury uh, seems to have quite a bit of traffic. Whenever you see a traffic problem, call our jam line 570-883-7269 from the WILK Traffic Center. Nikki Stone with this Penteladata Internet Traffic Update. Thank you, Nikki. Here's the Storm Tracker 16 forecast from Jeremy Luan. Tonight, snow showers starting around 10 p.m. could accumulate 1 to 3 inches. Jake, get the 12-pack again. Oh, low 24. Saturday, windy and mo- windy with morning snow showers, high 35. Sunday, windy with morning flurries, then breaks of sun, high 36. Monday, President's Day, sunny, 42. It's currently 37 degrees and sunny. I know you want me to talk right now, but how do you interrupt Toby Keith's red solo cup, especially on a day like this? But Jake got excited because there I am asking for 12-packs, 6-packs, back to 12-packs because of the, the snow or rain. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> is, that, is that what uh, is on the... On the on the agenda for Sunday. <laughs> well, it's kind of fun. It's kind of funny that um, guess who Bush Bear is sponsoring now that Kevin Harvick has retired. Who's that? As you like to call him, the troublemaker, Ross Chastain. Oh, Chastain! I wonder if they'll be coming out with watermelon beer anytime soon. Right? <laughs> yeah. We'll see. We'll see what's going on there. Uh, so this whole. Russia threat with this alleged nuclear space weapon that threatens uh, to radically upend modern life, as they call it. And again, it's targeting, It's they, they call it the satellite killing and nuclear ambitions in space for Russia. Um, you, you really have to understand what that entails. And from what I gather, reading more and more information that's coming out, it's, it's, there's two different types. There's a more larger wide scale which basically affects all satellites, including Russia's satellites and everyone else. Uh, And then there's more targeted, where they could target specific areas of satellites. And I don't think... I don't think we as a nation realize how much our satellite... how much we depend on satellites. I mean, everything we kind of do depends on satellites, from the timing of things to GPS to transportation infrastructure, our shipping lanes, our truck transportation, you know, our, our own GPSs to get from point A to point B. I mean, how many people have paper maps folded up in their house somewhere in case your phone GPS goes down or GPSs worldwide go down? Our military, you know, they might deal with a higher end, higher quality GPS, but it's still all the same. And if it's taken out, it's taken out. Uh, our military aircraft depend on GPS. Now, they can fly visual flight rules, but 
you know, that doesn't give you a lot of the things that you have technically that you need. Um, but think about the world's economies coming to a halt, um, losing all your electronics. Now, you know, everything. You know, most of our TVs are, are not over the air anymore. They're all satellite. They're all, take them out. Take your phone out of existence. Take all your GPS out of, out of existence. I mean, how many places that you've never been to do you know how to get to without using your phone or anything like that? So I think we take for granted how when they say it's, uh, and again, what was the wording they used? Radically upend modern life. They're not kidding. And that's why a lot of people saw this as being extremely scary. We don't think about it because we take all this for granted. Anyone who was born mid-90s or 90s and later, I, I shouldn't even say born. I, I should say born you know, mid-80s and later because by the time they were teenagers, there were already cell phones and internet and such like that. Take all that out of the equation. Take uh, you know, your shipping, you know, uh, your propane deliveries, your oil deliveries, the gas deliveries to our gas station. All depends on GPS. They have a route that they go to. They don't memorize everything. It gets sent to them electronically. They put it in a route system in their GPS, and they go from point A. Then they go to these places to get these things done. Shipping, you know, you take their GPS away. They, there's a lot of places you can't navigate without GPS, without radar, and everything else that's there. It stops everything. And when you truly think about that, you're not getting gasoline. You're not getting food deliveries. You're not getting any information over TV. You might be getting some radio signals, local radio signals, maybe if they kept their antiquated system. I mean, how many people have availability to ham radios to get any information? TV, down, gone. Your phones, computers, iPads, all the electronics, down, gone, nothing. Your car radios, pretty much dead. Um... It changes life. Changes life. You're not going to be able to get food. You're not getting anything because nothing's getting, nothing's moving. Nothing's going anywhere. That's how dangerous something like this is. So when they said, oh my God, you know, there's this imminent threat, think about everything getting shut off tomorrow. That is an imminent threat. And we, we take for granted because it's part of our day-to-day -day life now. We don't realize how much GPS and satellites are integrated into everything we do. Everything we do. Uh, most people will be able to adapt. Uh, bigger cities, not so much. But, you know, areas here, uh, a little bit better, but it's still going to be widespread panic and chaos. It's uh, 4.32 here at WILK. We'll be back after the news with Brian Hughes. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. This is the point of the show where we honor our heroes here at home who made the ultimate sacrifice. 78 police officers made the ultimate sacrifice on this day. Thankfully, one... And here in Pennsylvania throughout history. Chief of Police James Albert Welch, New Cumberland Borough Police Department, 1928, was fatally injured when a booby trap still, ex uh, a booby trap still exploded in York County while he and several federal probation agents were destroying it. They had located the still in a secret cavern below a farmhouse near the Cedar Grove School near Lewisbury. His wounds were initially not thought to be serious because Chief Welch uh, had not fully recovered from being shot while making an arrest one year earlier. Complications with his condition resulted. He died in the Harrisburg Hospital one week later after the blast. He was survived by his wife and two children. So that's our, uh, our officer from here. 
looking at some text. And again, you you can call or text the show at 570-883-0098. 570-883-0098. Please don't text the text the promotion office or any other office here. Uh, Tori, our promotions girl, just said I'm, she's getting text messages in her office from the show here looking to talk about Joe Paterno. So 570-883-0098. I get the text directly to my screen here. Let's go to the phone now. We have uh, Lorraine from Hazleton with a poem on this Friday. How are you, Lorraine? Hi, Anne. How are you? All right. I'm stomping up and down. You're jumping up and down because you're going to be alone. Well, I'm stomping up and down because I don't want to be alone. Oh, I get you. You know, it's it's fine, uh, you know, for a little bit. Uh, but I get that that's your that's your norm. So uh, you you want the no, opposite. It's not. I get it. It's my, it's my norm, but I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> um, listen, did I ever read the poem? This one called "Men" to you. I don't believe so. I don't believe so either. Jake's trying to tell me. Yeah, no, I read it to other ones, but not you. So okay, men. Men come in all shapes and sizes. Some are bald and others have hair. But I've come to the conclusion that I really do not care. They say you can't live with them or live without them. Maybe someday I'll get the chance. But I do know that in the meantime, I just have to settle for a little romance. Some like to wine and dine you, while others just sit on the couch with the luck that I have, I'll probably end up with a grouch. I'm not sure what I'm looking for. I don't even know if I want a groom. The one thing I know for certain, I want to be swept off my feet, but not with a broom. Some men know what they have, and others don't know what they'll get. But I do know what they're missing, because they haven't met me yet. The end. There you go. And you you did read that to me once before because I remember the grouch oh. part. But it was worth hearing again, especially on uh, this this long weekend we're coming into. But you know what? I, I'm just wondering, though, you said the grouch part. But I know I read to you the grouch that stole Christmas. Do you have that confused or no? No, I, I believe it was the same one as this because I, I remember oh, the sweeping well. off the feet, too. So I'm pretty good once I hear it uh, already. Well, but just from the title... Well, maybe there are others that are listening for the first time and didn't hear it before. Absolutely. And I'm already getting text text messages from people saying to say hi, and it's great to hear from you. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Any single man out there? (laughs) Uh, Probably not, Lorraine, but I'm going to have to let you go because I got Nikki here for traffic and weather. We got to get the traffic out to the people trying to get home on this Friday. Have a good weekend, Lorraine. What, Nikki? (laughs) Have a good weekend. Thank you. You know I'm only teasing you guys, you know. <laughs> no, no, we know that. We have to get the traffic and weather, though, Lorraine, so have a great okay, weekend. So long. Thank so you. Long, you too. And there is a backup on 81 Southbound that we need to discuss. Okay. It seems to be coming to a standstill just after the Montage Mountain Road exit now. So this is not pretty. If you are driving south on 81, there was an accident. It happened after the Pittston exit of 81 Southbound, and it has you all backed up almost to Scranton at this point. So get ready to slow down, come to a complete stop. You might want to avoid the area entirely between Montage Mountain Road, Davis Street, 
and at least the Pittston exit. That accident happened just after Pittston. We have some slowing starting 81 northbound after the Wilkesbury Bear Creek exit. You're moving along there, but you're still uh, dipping uh, somewhere around 30 miles per hour. Uh, I'm going to assume that's because of people gawking at the accident in the other lane. We have heavy traffic on North Kaiser Avenue in Scranton as well this afternoon, and you can expect heavy traffic on Route 309 in Wilkes-Barre. Whenever you see a traffic problem, call our jam line 570-883-7269. From the WILK Traffic Center, Nikki Stone with this Pentella Data Internet Traffic Update. Thank you, Nikki. Here's the uh, Storm Tracker 16 forecast from meteorologist Jeremy Luan. Tonight, snow showers starting around 10 p.m. could accumulate one to three inches. So get home, stay home, don't look to do much today. Low of 24. Saturday, windy with morning snow showers, high 35. Sunday, wind in the morning with flurries. Then breaks of sun, high 36. Monday's President's Day, sunny, high 42. It's currently 37 degrees here at 443 at your official weather station, WILK. Great new song by Billy Joel. I love it. It's actually the first time I've seen the music video for it. I haven't seen the video yet. I'll, I'll text it to you. Yeah. It's pretty incredible. Yeah, looking forward to it. But the song is great. The song is absolutely great. Uh, typical Billy Joel. Got a text message in. Don't forget it's Lent. Call and get Pagash from your favorite pizza shop. There you go. What have, uh, what have you given up for Lent? Did, did you give anything up for Lent there, Jake? No, not really. But I'm... Something I probably should have, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm giving up waiting uh, to the dishwasher's completely full. going <laughs> to fill it when and start it whenever I want. That's what I'm going to do. Um, but, yeah, text in. What are you giving up for Lent if you're out there? Uh, let us know. Let's see. We have uh, a former CEO says high interest rates are killing companies as layoffs continue. President Joe Biden is blaming corporations for high prices and shrinkflation. This is something also Bob Casey has latched on to. Business executives and many economists disagree, arguing the real problem is inflation created by the federal deficit spending policies. Ahead of the Super Bowl, Biden posted a video on X saying, While you were Super Bowl shopping, did you notice smaller-than-usual products where the price stays the same? Folks are calling it shrinkflation, and it means companies are giving you less for every dollar you spend. I'm calling on the big consumer brands to put a stop to it. Uh, We've all noticed this. You're getting less in those bags. They're getting smaller for the same price, if not a higher price. Well, it was reported that shrinkflation in May of 2022, noting that consumers were paying more for less on everything from food to toiletries to services they purchased. President is nearly two years behind on understanding the consequences of his administration's own policies. Critics argue inflation skyrocketed to 40-year highs after continued deficit spending led to higher costs. The general population will not be duped by this aversion to try and blame inflation on corporate America. Former CEO of Home Depot and Chrysler, Bob Nardell, told uh, the Economic Times, inflation has led to high costs of materials, goods, services, higher wages, but businesses say they cannot afford high interest rates 
which is why we're seeing a tremendous shift in employment out there where people are being laid off, Nardell said, raising concerns about recent auto and tech industry layoffs. According to layoffs, FYI, which tracks layoffs in the technology sector, 149 companies have laid off nearly 39,000 employees so far this year. As the Wall Street Journal warned last month that a tech rally in stock market is a worrying sign. Tech companies reported the greatest number of layoffs appeared to be headquartered in San Francisco and Seattle area, including Cisco, 4,200, PayPal, 2,500, Microsoft, 1,900, eBay, 1,000, VMware, almost 3,000, Qualcomm, 1,200, Wayfair, 1,600, among others. Since 2020, four companies that appear to have laid off more employees are Google, 12,000, Meta, 21,000, and Microsoft, 10,000, and Amazon, 27,000, according to the tracker. In the last two weeks, Ford Motor Company, GM, UPS, Citigroup, Paramount Global, Estee Lauder, and others announced massive layoffs. This is after major chains announced store closures and layoffs last year. Including Tuesday morning, David's Bridal, Sears, Foot Locker, CVS, Walgreens, Pizza Hut, Boston Market, and Macy's. Shrinkflation is a consequence of high interest rates and deficit spending, Nardell said. Biden's comments were about trying to buy votes. This is about the administration that's out of control, he said, referring to deficit spending. We have a strong bias towards spending versus having a conservative policy for a sustainable future. New Economic Policy Innovation Center brief argues the American purchasing power has decreased because of high budget deficits driving inflation. The federal government borrowed nearly heavily to meet its spending needs in 2020, 2021, and 2022, and the borrowing was converted by the bank system into funds that fueled the raise in prices. Deficits totaled $8.8 trillion in fiscal year 2020 through 2023. The brief notes, adding, outside of wartime, no four years in U.S. history has seen deficits this large, either in normal terms or as a percentage of GDP. Deficit costs drove up consumer loans by more than 19 percent, real estate loans by over 12 percent, and banking system loans by nearly 14 percent. The last time there was such a jump in lending was the run-up to the Great Recession, 2005 and 2006, the report states. Nardelli said he wasn't sure if the general public understands that high interest rates are killing the middle and lower market companies. The Federal Reserve raised federal fund rates 11 times between March 2022 and 2023, claiming it would curtail inflation as inflation rose. At a Council on Foreign Relations discussion Thursday, Austin Goolsbee, President and CEO of the Federal Reserve Bank of Chicago, said that 50 to 100 years of central bank policy has held that to significantly get inflation down by more than 3%, you have to have a deep recession. When the Fed said it would get inflation back under 2%, he said the world believed that. While the latest consumer price index states inflation is at 3.1, consumers remain skeptical with grocery and other costs still nearly double what they were a few years ago. U.S. Federal Reserve on Thursday also reserved its annual stress test scenario of how large lenders would fail in severe economic shock. It states the U.S. dollar would depreciate and non-precious metals and other commodities, including oil and natural gas, would face large price increase from inflationary pressure under a hypothetical scenario. Again, 
our economy, as much as they want to say everything's great and everything's going fine and everybody's doing great, great number of markets, jobs, uh, you know, unemployment's down, there's jobs everywhere and crises are up, inflation's down. We're on eggshells, as per the experts. So pay attention when the smartest people in the room talk. It's uh, 4.55 here at WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show. Welcome back with the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. 36 degrees outside at 4.58 on this Friday, February 16th, 2024. Did you see these uh, two... What are they calling them? Environmental protesters who dumped this reddish power all over the display red, reddish powder all over the display case housing the original U.S. Constitution at the National Archives. Uh, security guards stood stood there, didn't do a thing. People visiting the National Archives looking to see the United States Constitution. Now, thankfully, it's behind protected glass in a protective case. But they poured this reddish powder all over it, all over the floor, smudged it on the glass. Um, and no one did a thing. Listen, I'm sorry, but if I'm taking my family, if I'm going by myself, if I'm with friends to visit and view the, the, the Constitution at the National Archives, which I've done over a dozen times, and somebody starts vandalizing it. And this is an environmental protesters. These are terrorists. You're, you're dumping something on this nation's most prized document, our, our Constitution, if not one of the world's most important documents. You're going to get knocked out. And, and literally, there's a half dozen security guards just standing there watching them. And, and, and it's unbelievable. There was one on each side of the display case. I'm talking security guards. One on each side of the display case while they were doing this. They poured this stuff all over it, and they stood in front of it, smudging it in, while these two security guards stand there, and you could see three or four more just mulling around, kind of keeping the crowd away. Not a single visitor. Not a single anyone did a thing. Listen, you're going to get knocked out. You should get knocked out if you do that. Unbelievable. And that was the biggest thing that stood out for me. Obviously, I mean, the security guards are there for show, which doesn't is not a good take for anyone else who wants to do something like this. But And then they're classified as environmental protesters. No, you're terrorists, and you should be treated as such. 